0: Hey River Valley, Uh, very excited to be able to do the vision message uh, for you this year. I want to let you know that I am on sabbatical, but we pre-recorded this, and uh, I love that we can use our technology and be able to do this, and uh, be able to be gone on sabbatical, and be able to... uh, Get that time of refreshing and for those of you that are not familiar uh we served for 20 years at the church and the church graciously gave us a 20-year sabbatical uh they said you get yeah, three months off not 20 years and uh <laughs> that'd be good that'd be really a good scenario but uh they gave us three months off and uh they asked if we wanted june july and august i said no i want january february march and uh so they gave us that but i pre-recorded several messages you actually hear from me this week, you'll hear from me next week, uh, the, the series with the Go series with our life group, which you need to sign up for and be a part of that. Um, I did videos for all that. I'll introduce some of the speakers. But anyways, you won't be able to get rid of me because of technology, uh, but I want to say thank you to the church uh, for the sabbatical. Beck and I will enjoy it. We're going to get refreshed. We're going to refocus, recharge. Uh, that's our, that's our, our purpose. That's our plan to be able to do that. So I do want to say this, that um, this annual vision message is one of those things where you all are thinking about how is this going to be better than the previous year. I believe every year is better than the previous year. I just believe that. We've, We've seen that in our church, and I believe they're all different but I believe they're better. We become better, and even if we don't do more, we become more, but it seems like we're always doing more and becoming more, but I believe this is the best year ever, and I don't just say that, and I truly believe that the best is yet to come. I'm almost, um, I don't want to say I'm nervous. I'm almost, almost too hyped up for what I believe God has in store for us for the years ahead, Uh, I want to almost settle myself down for where we're at but I want to just recap for just a moment Uh, last year I believe we had clearly a six arrow year Uh, I thank God for what we did and I I won't go into all the details but we grew by about 700 people Uh, we gave millions of dollars to missions we opened our Shakopee building Uh, we remodeled the Apple Valley building and reopened that we uh, had the Woodbury campus become part of River Valley Uh, We had the Minneapolis campus launch. I mean, this was all in one year. And when you think about all that happened, um, we had, you know, 26 global teams. Uh, We did so much good. We had so many uh, outreach events that happened and so much good that we get to celebrate. We celebrated our 20-year anniversary. And uh, just it was clearly a 6 six-zero year. At the end of the year, right before the year closed, uh, we actually were able to purchase a central building in Burnsville. And uh, I think they'll put a picture up on the screen for you. Um, We have this uh, beautiful building in Burnsville, and that is going to become our central offices for our expanding team that supports and resources all the campuses. I want to let you know that that move is something for us to say that we're even... Uh, more committed to multi-site. We've always been, but this is a strategic move to focus our team together, to get us to work stronger together, and to be able to staff and equip and serve the campuses. Uh, every campus got stronger by that move, and we celebrate that. And we didn't need to do a special fundraiser for it. We actually uh, took a, some money out of savings. We were able to put it down on the purchase of the building, and uh, it's, it's turned out to be a great, great move. So all that was done in one year, an amazing thing. And I want to let you know that uh, as we start this new year, we have 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I want to let you know that we have to pray, we have to fast. If ever we needed to pray, Uh, Now's the time we need to pray we need to seek God there's something uh, greater that he wants to do in our church There's something stronger and I believe that prayer is going to fuel this And so I want you actively involved in the 21 days of prayer and fasting be involved in this talk with your campus pastors uh, Talk with the elders the deacons your life groups Make sure you're focused on this that you're encouraging one another and you're praying together with all that being said I want to dig into this year's message and um, Exodus 3 is where I'm going Exodus 3 is where I'm going, and I won't give you the title for the message or the year yet, but I want to tell you uh, that when I read this message, I was just doing my soap reading, and this message jumped out at me. It just, like never before, a very familiar passage in Exodus chapter 3 in verse 4 is where I'll start. It says, when the Lord saw that he had uh, gone over to look, God called him from within the burning bush. He said, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am, And he said, do not come any closer, God. said, take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Again, very familiar scripture. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So it just jumped out to me, and as as you may know this or may not know, but the Israelites were God's chosen people, and his chosen people were in slavery, and this bothered God. He did not want his people to be in slavery. This was not his intention for them. And it's interesting, as I was reading that, again, familiar story, it just jumped out to me that I see the heart of God moving towards his people. And I see this that he says, "I I have seen it. I've seen the oppression. And then he says, I've heard it. I've heard their cries, and then he says, I feel it, and then he takes it to another level. He says, I've come to do something, and so as I was reading this, this just jumped out to me, and I thought, it's so true, and if God could go through that progression, I want our church this year to go through that very same progression over and over and over again. I want us to see the need, hear the need, feel the need, and then do something about it. That's what I want from our church. And so in this moment, we see this, uh, these, these, these children of Israel, these Israelites, these Jewish people, they have become slaves. And one of the saddest things uh, that was going on was that they started to become accustomed to their slavery. They started to become Egyptianized, if you will. And um, they got into a comfort level and, and it took someone to, to say, I'm going to do something about this. I don't want you. That's not what I intended for you to do. I don't want you to get comfortable. And if I could say this to River Valley Church, I don't want us to get comfortable in anything we have right now. I want God to agitate us this year like we've never been agitated before. Um, I, I'm going to say something that's so... I don't know know if it's controversial, but I don't know how to say it any other way. Um, I love our new buildings. I love all the things we did last year. I love every building we built, every one we remodeled, every office central we did. But I'll tell you what, if we start loving them and we get comfortable, I will paint them white. I will take away every decoration. I'll make us sit on the floor to get our passion back to reach lost people for Jesus. They are nothing but a tool are nothing but a tool to reach people. And I see in this scripture, these people are getting comfortable. Don't ever get comfortable with people in slavery around us. Don't ever get comfortable with lost people going to hell. Don't ever get comfortable that we're climbing the charts in missions giving and our church has many things to brag on. Don't ever get comfortable And I love that God's like, that's not your plan. You're not, your plan was not to get comfortable in something less that I had for you. He's like, I wanted more for you. I wanted you to flourish. I have a plan for you. All nations are supposed to be blessed through you, and you cannot bless all nations if you stay in captivity. And God's saying, you can't bless the communities that you're in. You can't bless the places that you're in if you stay in your building. You can't do it. And again, I love our buildings, and I thank God for it, and I thank God for the people that sacrificed to build these buildings, and someday we are going to pay all those buildings off. <laughs> right now, we owe. We owe a lot. <laughs> I joke around. I say, the Lord can come any because we're leaving a big debt for the rest of the world to handle. So anyways, oh, man. I want you to feel it. I want you to feel it. I want you to feel the burden in your city. And God says here, he said, I see it. I see it. I want you to see what's around you. I want you to go out in your community. I want you to prayer walk. Church, I want you to get out in your community. I want every single person in our church to prayer walk. What does that mean? That means you just walk through your community praying, talking to God, and saying, God, what do I need to see here? What do I need to see? What are people saying that I can see with my eyes that are the needs that are there? Because somehow God saw it. Jesus had a a moving experience, the Bible tells us, in Matthew 9, 36. It says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And I'm telling you what, there are people out there that if we can see them, we can have a greater burden and we can say, God, those are the people I want to reach. Don't walk by people and just get so comfortable in life and miss that God wants you to see the need and then do something about it. Somehow in our text it says, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. He's seen it. I think Jesus sent people out on field trips, and I think I want to send you out on a field trip. Get out there. Go to dinner. Listen. Go be a part of the community. Get out and mingle. Take a prayer walk. Talk to the mayor. Ask them what's going on. Wouldn't it be amazing if if the mayor said, like, all the people that came to visit me this year were from River Valley Church, every one of them. Like, I, I looked at my schedule and said, you have River Valley Church meeting you, with you today. It says, why don't you just join River Valley Church? And they just keep meeting with you. I mean, how many, I just would love to see that, that it was like us other, chief of police, uh, the uh, fire chief, Let, let's meet with these people, and say, what are the needs? The principal of the school, what are the needs? Let's see it, let's see what's going on. And I think if you want to rekindle the vision, you need to get close to people. Never think that you are, A CEO, a specialist, somebody that gets to come and huddle up and just stay in the huddle. We are here to get out there and to stand in the gap. We are here to stand in the gap and say, God, between you and a lost world, we're going to see the need and we're going to get involved. The second thing in the text, it says, I've heard them crying. I've heard them crying. How many know that you can um, see a need and you can kind of shield your eyes, but it's hard to shield your ears? You know, maybe there's somebody that has need, and it's easy. You see it, and you just look away. But how many know if you hear something, you can't can't walk around like that, like, I don't hear you. You know, you can't. It's hard to do that. It's hard to not hear. And there's something about hearing it. And I want you to hear what people are saying in our communities. I want you to hear this and say, I see it. I hear it. I, I hear it. I hear the cries. I think they're crying out over and over and over again. And if it isn't in audio, I think they're crying out, and if you can see their words in social media. They're crying out on Facebook. They're crying out on Instagram and Twitter and Periscope. They're crying out on social media, and they're saying, I have a need. I'm hurting. I, have, I, I want an answer, and so I want us to hear better this year. I want us to see it. I want us to hear it. And then he says, I feel their pain. I'm concerned about their suffering. I really feel it. I, I'm concerned." And, you know, of course, we had um, one of our presidents, absolutely famous president, you know, with Bill Clinton and his famous line, you know, I feel your pain, you know, he, it, 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 it resonated. The guy, you're like, I think he does feel my pain. And there's something about when you feel the pain that, that takes it to another level. I feel your pain. And I want you to feel the pain. I want you to feel what's going on around you. And I'll tell you what, it's an amazing thing that God feels the pain. And it's a scary thing when we don't. It's a scary thing. And I want you this year, church, I want you to ache because of the pain around you. I want you to be able to come to church on the weekend and get recharged up and your aching heart gets store, restored and, and brought back into a positive, you know, momentum forward. But then you ache for those people that are around you and you're thinking, my heart aches for lost people. My heart aches for people that are struggling. My heart aches for what we could do and, and, and the things that we need to do in this church. I'll tell you this, it's a scary thing when st- someone stops feeling. And I learned this in marriage counseling, and again, I don't do uh, a lot of marriage counseling because I'm way too like, well, stop that. Don't do that anymore. You know, say no. Say you're sorry. Come on. Get out of here. All right. You know, I, I just not that, you know, and I don't like to let people discover it on their own. I'm like, I know the answer. Here it comes, you know. So, uh, you know, maybe that is good counseling. I don't know. But... Um, when I would do marriage counseling, I used, when I was younger, I used to think like, oh, man, they hate each other. There's no hope. And they're like, ah, and they're yelling at each other and screaming in the marriage counseling. I was like, oh, really pray for them. They're in trouble. And then the other ones would come in all calm and, you know, like, well, I hate them. And, you know, and you're like, oh, okay. They're, and I would think like, oh, at least they're normal and they're calm. And then I realized, no, those are the ones that are in trouble. And the ones that had high emotion, they, I had hope for them. The ones that were like flatline, like we don't we don't have anything for each other they were they were in deep trouble i'd rather see anger than no uh, emotion at all and so I, I would just say this, church, if we come in and we don't have emotion, if we don't shed a tear, if we don't have agitation, then I'm concerned about us. Let's never get that way. Let's let's feel it. Let's 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 have it get us angry that people are in human trafficking. Let's get have it get us angry that our neighbors are bragging about being wasted. Let's have it get us angry that that people are are just lost and, and not knowing the savior. Let's have it agitate us and so that we don't just walk by it. And I think this is so true. You feel the pain of your own children more. And here's what I want to say to all of our campuses. You have to identify with your community. You have to. You have to own it. Own your community and the area around it. Do not let multi-site just become a a blob. Let me just speak to multi-site for a moment. Multi-site works because it's my site that I go to, that I minister at, that I love, that I have responsibility to. Now we have central services that support that, but multi-site works because you love the community you're in. You love the place that God has put you to minister and you're working with other places to more effectively do a better job. We're sharing best practices, but you have to have the burden. Shakopee, you have to own your burden for your area. Edina area, Minnetrista, Woodbury, Egan, Faribault, Apple Valley, Minneapolis. Who did I forget? Egan, did I say Egan? I don't know. I think I, I, think I said them all. I, it's like having so many kids. You're like, what my parents used to say? Rob, Rick, Roger, Ryan, whatever your name is, get over here, you know. I feel okay but you got to own it you got to own it come on Egan nobody's going to own the burden of Egan and Invergrove Heights and Mendota Heights if you don't own it who's owning it but here's the thing you're going to hear the cries of your community better than other people will it's like having a kid when when my kid cries I'm on the I'm running when somebody else's kids, kids cry I'm like take care of your kid you know that's your kid right you're responsible for their crying, you know? It's like when they crash on their bike. If it's your kid, you're like, "Oh!" If it's their kid, you're like, oh, that's going to leave a mark. You know, that's the way it works. It's your kid. It's your community. It's your neighbors. It's your friends. you got to feel it. you got to own it. It's got to bother you. And another thing on multi-site, just don't, don't let the… celebrate the win together… But don't let our together win steal away our individual responsibilities. Okay, we have a together win, but we have individual responsibilities. Do not let that together win. Let's celebrate this, but let's own this. Own that individual responsibility. So then it says the, the burden there in the text, the, the burden caused God to do something. He's like, I, I, I see it, I hear it, I, I feel it, And I'm so glad that God just doesn't end with, I feel your pain. I'm glad that God goes and says, I see it, I hear it, I feel it, and I've come to do something about it. I love that all throughout the Bible, when you read it, he's like, I'm looking for somebody to go set them free. I'm looking for somebody to stand in the gap. I'm looking for somebody to go and do that. I'm looking for, he's always looking for somebody to, to move beyond feeling to getting something done. And I believe that. Luke 19 10 says, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Jesus just didn't say, I came to walk amongst you and then leave. He said, I came to do something. I came to seek and save the lost. Matter of fact, Acts 10 38 says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good. And healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. God is with us, and he's saying, I want you to go around and do good. I want you to go around and do something about it. I don't want you to feel bad. I want you to feel bad and do good. Feel bad, do good. That's what he's saying over and over and over again. And I think that our church has got a great grasp on being able to feel the pain and do something good that will bring about good results Sometimes people feel bad, and then they take matters into their own hands like Moses did. He felt bad, and then he goes and kills the one Egyptian and, and kind of really messes up the plan. He had an a, a agitation, like, I feel bad, and he, and he took it into his own hands, and he didn't listen to what God wanted him to do. And I'm telling you right now, we want to listen to what God wants us to do. We want to feel bad and do good together, and we've got an amazing plan to be able to do this. And I will tell you this, that... I believe the enemy of our souls, the devil, I believe that he's okay with us feeling bad and and then not doing good. I believe he's okay with us feeling bad and blogging about it. He's okay with that. He's okay with us feeling bad and and partially helping, but not bringing people all the way to freedom. And I don't have time to go into the text, but um, right after this, Pharaoh, you know, the plagues are coming, and Pharaoh's like, I don't want to let you go um, all the way. Just compromise with me. Compromise with me. Just go part of the way out of the town and worship. Just, uh, just the men can go. Just the men, not the ladies and the children. Or, or just uh, men, women and children. No animals. And God was like, no. It's we're going to go all in with this. We're going to feel it, and we're going to go all in with doing the good that God has for us. And I'm telling you what, the devil is okay with you going part way for God. We're not going part way. We're not going part way. We're going all the way. We're going to feel it and we're going to do good and we're going to make a difference as a church. This is what God has called us to do. God says, bring them out and bring them in. God's plan was to bring them out of the slavery and then bring them into the promise. And our church is going to bring people out of their misery. That's why we're going to give to Kingdom Builders and go on global teams. And that's why we're going to be serving in local projects and doing all these things. And we're going to be bringing people out and bringing them into what God has called them to do and I'm so excited about this year because I just I really believe again this is another year for us to set people free. We're going to see it, we're going to hear it, we're going to feel it, and we're going to do something about it. And uh, with that, I kind of want to uh, reveal the theme for the year, and it's the title of a book. Um, and you don't have to read or buy the book, but it is a, a fun read to do. Um, and I'm actually hoping that we could get Bob Goff to come in, but. Uh, the title of the, the, this year is Love Does. Love Does. And what do I mean by that? Love sees, it hears, it feels, and it does something. Love does. And so this year, I want us, like last year it was greater, this year it's Love Does. Love does something. Love sees, feel, love feels, it hears, it does something about it. And I believe that's why we're going to do the prayer walks. And when you walk around your community, you're going to be praying under your breath. Not like, I don't want anybody walking through the neighborhood like, we're praying for you. I don't want that, all right? Just you're going to be going through there, praying under your breath and just praying, God, I love these people. I love these people. What can we do to help these people? What can we help this community? How can we do this? When you talk to the mayor, we're saying because we love our city, we love these people. We want to help them. We want to do something. Love does. And so um, some of the things that we're going to do this year um this is, this is probably uh, one of the most critical things, I, and I, I've got to start with this. We need at least 1,200 people. That's a huge number, 1,200 people to find their place of ministry in this church, to get on a life team. We need 1,200. I'm just telling you right now, our number is way too low. What we've had happen is we've had a lot of people serving and we've had a lot of growth going on. And right now we need a stronger base. We need a lot of people that have said, hey, I'm part of this church, I'm in, I'm finding my place to minister and I want to be involved in this. From the parking lot to the ushers, to the greeters, to the kids, to the global team leaders, to the life group leaders, to the worship team, to the tech team, I mean, a- across the board, across the board we need more people involved in ministry saying i see it i hear it i feel it and i'm going to do something about it and i know that there's common things like i've only been a part of the church for six months hey welcome to the team come on let's go all right six months you're in if this is your church find your place this is not a spectator church uh this is a get involved let's go change the world church we're going to see it we're going to feel it we're going to hear it we're going to do it we're going to go we're going to go make a difference and, um, you know, you say, well, that's not the way I thought Well, welcome to the team We're going to make disciples We're going to get involved And, uh, you know what, I really think this I don't think you're hesitant to that I think the people that are joining River Valley Church are like Am I needed? And I'm going to tell you right now, you are needed You are needed We are, go- we are not stopping <laughs> There's that old show, dating myself Eight is enough Eight is not enough campuses I'm going to tell you that right now Eight is not, we're, we're going to go. We're going we're to make a difference. And we need those people to step up. You say, well, what? We have enough around our campus, and, you know, we're doing pretty good. Okay, but you don't know. We're starting another campus. Let me give you an example. Edina area campus had all sorts of people in leadership. But guess what? We started Minneapolis campus, and a lot of people went from Edina area to the Minneapolis campus. And you know what? That's because they had all these people in the pipeline. They went over there and they're serving there, raising up people. That's what happens. Apple Valley originally had all these people. I tell you what, if we wouldn't have gone multi-site and had people leaving and going to other campuses and helping to do more, we'd have lost high-capacity leaders because love wants to do something. Leaders want to do something. Disciples want to do what Jesus told us to do. So I don't believe there's a resistance. I just think there might be a lack of knowledge of people getting involved. You need to go to next. You need to join your life team. You need to tap a shoulder. You need to be aggressive. You need to get involved. And we need at least 1,200 people to step up and say, Count on me, I'll serve. All right, we're gonna have 50 global teams and we do that well. We're gonna have 50 global teams and people are gonna be going all around the world to all sorts of different countries and we're gonna bring, bring the love of Jesus to these places and I couldn't be more excited for all the places that we're going and uh, you'll have pamphlets and booklets about this and information. Uh, we need to give $3 million to missions. We just need to this year. This is uh, something that we need to do. Um, now, I'm gonna let you know, we have no current plans for a new campus but this is not a settling statement. We have at least, at least 4,000 seats available with the current campuses we have. 4,000 seats available. That means look around your room. If there's an empty seat, we need to fill it okay? And we need to fill it again and again and again with multiple services and multi-site, and we can fill it and we'll add more. And I just had this thought when I was praying about this the other day of, of like when, a, when my mom and dad, we had all sorts of kids, and they were foster parents, and sometimes we had 11 children living at the home at one time, and man, they just bought bunk beds. And it wasn't even just the two bunk beds. It was the two bunk beds with another bed that pulled out three beds. I mean, that's how I feel like our churches, we'll just stack them in. We'll have multiple services multi-site. We'll keep going and going and going, and we'll keep adding. But we have 4,000 seats, so it's not a settling statement, but it's a statement that says we're moving forward. We're going to fill what we have and reload and get ready to go out again, all right? Now, I'm not shutting down the door to campuses, but I'm telling you this, that I believe it's got to be something where the Lord is going to give us a clear direction of come and help us. It's gonna be a clear invitation. We are not aggressively going after something like we did Edina, like we did Minneapolis, like we had other campuses that we said, all right, we're going after this. It's gonna be more of a come and see, but I feel that we need to reload. It's not a settling thing. It's a, we're gonna serve so much, we're gonna keep reaching more people that will need to start more campuses, all right? I will say this, that I, I, I feel we, we really have to get our idea area campus a building. That just has to happen. And so we've, we've got to be praying and interceding for that and giving toward that. And I want to let you know about Kingdom Builders, our goal. I'm going to let you know a goal number that I, I believe very strongly in this number. And this number is bigger than we've ever done before. It's bigger than any goal we've ever set before. And here's how I want to explain it. Um, well, I'll just tell you the number. I believe we need to go for $6 million for Kingdom Builders. Now you'd say, Pastor Rob, we haven't even hit five million. We've been setting the goal and, you know, we haven't seen these numbers materialize. And and what, where are you saying this? And as I prayed about this and I felt this number impressed upon me to, sh- to share this as a goal as a church, six million above our regular giving. It was like, that's bigger than we've ever done. It's big. We've had a goal. We've never come near that goal. Why, do you, why, why that number? And the, the best way I could explain this is the Holy Spirit was kind of helping me to grow more comfortable with this number was like someone running a marathon. Somebody runs a marathon, it's 26.2 miles. Someone, not me, running a marathon. All right, just to be clear about that. When I had my heart attack, the doctor said, you can't run any more marathons. Take that off your bucket list. I'm like, good, it was never on there. All right, so it's out. But 26.2 miles. But when you're training for a marathon, this is interesting. I'm I'm kind of struggling with six million, and the Holy Spirit uses an illustration that I don't even know anything really about. But as I started reading plans for running a marathon of 26.2 miles, you don't run 26.2 miles in your preparation for 26.2 miles in one day. You run it over a period of time and you have peak days where you might get up to 18 miles or 20 miles, but the goal is to get to 26. And this is just stretching your body to get to the moment where you can go for the 26.2 miles. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was downloading to me like the the millions and millions of dollars that we've raised was stretching moments, stretching moments, stretching moments to get to this moment. And I know that's a giant number, but I need you to be praying about it because this is part of our goal. And I believe that this is part of what God is saying. Love does something, love does something. Love gets involved, love sacrifices, it stays up late, it gets up early, it helps people, it sets people free. That's what love does. And I really believe if that's going to be what we're going to do, if we're going to see it, we're going to hear it, we're going to feel it, we're going to do something about it. If love is going to do something about it, this is the year that it's a stretch year. Let's go again. We had that three years ago when we jumped from 1.6 million to 2.5. This is another one of those years. And very quickly, I want to say this. It's going to happen if you have a plan, a vision, and a dream if you plan to give something, and many of you are planning, many of you, we had hundreds and hundreds. Matter of fact, I believe that we had uh, 2,000 people or families or individuals that gave uh, somewhere $1,000 or less. And that's like 2,000. And they're to have a plan. I'm like, I got a plan. I can give $50 a month. I got a plan. But I believe we need a plan. And then I need, believe we need a vision of, God, what could you do through me More than just my plan. What could be just more than a monthly payment? What could my vision be of what you could do through me? And I want you to write that vision down. I want you to write down what you think God could do through you in Kingdom Builders and say, God, if love's going to do something, what could I do? And then I want you to have a third thing, a dream, a plan, a vision, and a dream. I don't want you to tell anyone the dream, but I want you to dream. What would be the greatest thing that you could do for Kingdom Builders? The greatest thing that you could do to say, love does. I will plan to do this. I'll have a vision to do this, and God, you need to make up the gap, but I have a dream out here of what would be an amazing, amazing thing to be able to give this. Hold on to this one, write down the vision, and then believe God for it and work that plan. And as we do that, I believe God's going to see something spectacular. This is a year that love does. Let's see it. Let's hear it. Let's feel it and let's do something about it. Love does this year at River Valley Church, and I want to pray that. Lord, I pray right now that love would do something. Love would do. Love has done so much already. You died on the cross. You, you showed your love. Heavenly Father, you gave. You, you loved. You moved first. And so, God, I thank you for that, and I thank you within our church that love has done so much. Let us never get complacent. Let us never uh, become numb to the need around us, Lord. We are blessed to be a blessing, and I pray that love would do something this year. Help us to stretch, help us to grow, help us to reach more people, help us to fill seats and see people come to faith in Jesus Christ. I believe we can do more. I believe we're running downhill, and I pray, Lord Jesus, that in this year, we would live out love does. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen, amen.